Hi, this is Liz Ryan, and this is the Work-Related Podcast, Episode 16. We talk about the workplace and careers and the nature of work and leadership and so on, the working world, how to bring more of yourself to work and how to make your work fit into your life versus making your life fit into your work. And we got a great topic to talk about today, which is how to talk about yourself, how to talk about yourself in a resume, in a LinkedIn profile, in a conversation, in correspondence, on an interview. It's a big topic uh, that usually goes by the name of personal branding. And the problem with that name is that it turns people off. I get a lot of mail from folks who say, I don't want to brand myself. I'm not a product. I'm not a bottle of ketchup. I hate the idea of having to attach a brand to myself. It's a really good point. I think a lot of us can relate to this idea that I shouldn't have to find words to describe myself, that it's somehow unpleasant or unseemly. And I I get it, right? Here's the thing. You can say that you want to go outside on a sunny day and walk down the street, and you can say that you don't want to cast a shadow when you do that, but you're going to cast a shadow. You don't have any control over it, right? It's the same thing with this idea of your brand or your self-description, if you like that term better. You're going to end up at some point in a situation, if you're working and if you are um, you know, in, in the, what they call talent marketplace, talent community, you're going at some point probably to have to talk about yourself or describe something about yourself. And you're probably going to find it advantageous to do that. And so the idea of exploring the choices of what you might say about yourself is, is not just a pain in the neck or annoying or, work that you shouldn't have to do, although you may have lots of feelings about it, but it can really be an opportunity to learn more about yourself and what you care about. And that's the reason I'm interested in the topic of personal branding or or speaking about yourself is because it is a real keyhole or, or portal or an entry point to an important conversation about what you want and how you see yourself and how you want to bring your art to the world, right? So even artists will say, visual artists and performance artists and musical artists will say, hey, look, I'm an artist, but I don't describe my art. I don't talk about it. If somebody says, what kind of genre? My kids hate it. My my kids who do music, they hate it when I say, well, what, what kind of genre is this latest combo, this band that you're playing with or this ensemble? What? How would you describe it? Oh, mom, I, I can't describe it, right? That's very relatable. I can't describe it. It's got elements of this. It's got elements of that. It's got a little bit of, you know, a, a, a whatever, 10 genres I never heard of from the last five years, and a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but you just got to hear it. And, and, and that's very valid, right? We shouldn't have to categorize ourselves, right? We shouldn't have to categorize ourselves. But the conversation about what kind of music I want to make just to just to ask ourselves what's important versus what we may have done because we had to do it or we were 
forced into a corner, that kind of thing, that can be a really worthwhile conversation, whether we're talking about art or music or database design, right? No matter what we're talking about, creating financial models at work or, or doing training and coaching or doing early childhood development, whatever we do, being at a juncture where we find it beneficial to think about and write about and potentially speak about who we are at work or outside of work and why, how we got there, how we arrived at that point and where we want to go forward from that point, that can be a really important conversation to have with yourself. What most people do when they think about personal branding is they don't like it. They want to get it over with like doing taxes or or cleaning out a closet or something. And so they just put the standard words on their background or their aspirations. So they'll write a resume that says, results oriented professional with a bottom line orientation. Now, why would anyone say that? They say it because it's the standard language. It's acceptable. It's, it's you know, stamped. This is okay. This is resume language. You can say this. Yeah, 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 you can. Of course, but what a waste if you do. What a waste of space, of attention. Look, the only reason for words like that, motivated self-starter, right? Works well with all levels of staff, meets or exceeds expectations, all this stuff. The only reason to put those words on a document, a resume, is so that they can be read. And a keyword searching algorithm, such as the type you might run into if you pitch a resume into one of these black hole recruiting sites, right? Any, any recruiting site is not going to care what words you have in that space, but a human being will or could potentially. So the only reason to have the words on your resume at all is so that a human being can read them. And at that juncture, when a human being is reading your resume, I think you're going to appreciate having words there that resonate more with you than the standard jargony boilerplate nonsense. Results oriented professional with a bottom line orientation, right? Motivated self-starter, all of that stuff. It's not you. It doesn't mean anything. And we can take that approach and say, hell with it. I'm just going to write the standard nonsense. But what a waste because that human being could be someone that might resonate at your frequency if they could see what your frequency was. And likewise, you might resonate at theirs. I'm not talking about impressing anybody or pleasing anybody. I'm talking about what we do when we go to a party or we go to a social gathering and we talk to people and we see, wow, this person and I really hit it off. We had a great conversation and we actually decided to have coffee just on a friendship basis, right? That's a special feeling of resonance. And you can have that at work and in the job search process also. But in order to do that, you have to put more of yourself on the page. It also helps you from a job search standpoint to put more of yourself on the page and say more or say not necessarily more words, but the words that speak to you versus words that are just words that anybody could throw on their resume. And they're the worst, those governmental sentence fragments. Why? Proven track record of success. You can tell you're hearing now 
the um, the the debris left over from doing HR and HR leadership for 20 some years and reading thousands, tens of thousands of resumes and feeling sad for the for the candidates whose resumes these were because is this these are the words that you were told to put on the page and they're the worst words. It's sad that we were taught to write a resume that way. Like I was taught to write a resume that way myself back in the 80s. Proven track record of success. All right, let's break it down. Is there such a thing as an unproven track record of success? No, that that's an oxymoron, right? So a track record is going to be a track. It's going to be proven by definition. It's also going to be of success, right? Because who's going to report a track record of failure? It makes no sense. It's just mindless, thoughtless. And that's not you. You have an opportunity when you write about yourself to say more and to say what's important. And so this question, how do I brand myself, is like a, a, a portal to a really important and potentially really helpful conversation about who you are and what you want to bring about in your work. And so here's how I would think about that. What do you want? What do you want in your next job and what do you want in general out of your working life and by extension your actual life, your human life, your lifetime? The biggest questions. This may be one reason why we shy away from this idea of doing this task, you know, cleaning out this chest or drawers and dealing with my personal brand. I hate it. I hate it. Maybe because it does get so close to these big, big questions. What do I want for myself in my life? How does that translate into my working life, if it does? And, and how would I speak about it? What do I know about myself? What have I learned in these years I've had so far on Earth? So I would suggest that you get a journal, get a cup of tea or whatever you like to drink, and find a quiet place and time to think about these big questions and out of that, to say, what kind of job am I going to look for here? What kind of job can I do if I give myself permission to look for a job that I want and that I would like, rather than just, you know, pulling up to Indeed.com or LinkedIn and trolling through the job ads and saying, I could do this. Maybe they'd hire me for this one. Click, click, click. It's tedious. It's clerical. I feel like as broken as the recruiting system is. Undoubtedly, it's still possible to bring more of yourself to it. And part of that is deciding what you want because it's only when you decide what kind of job you want that you can brand yourself for the job you want. And that's the only kind of branding that helps you is when you brand yourself for a job you want, not every job you could conceivably perform. So let's say that you want a job doing, pick anything. You want to be a marketing analyst. You like the quantitative side of marketing. You really like marketing analysis, sales analysis, you know, and, um, and number crunching. And there's a lot of jobs like that. So now, rather than saying, I'm a marketing analyst, I'm really good at sales analysis and you know, tracking conversions and all this kind of stuff. You could also go to, why do I like it? What does it say about me? What does it speak to that I've known about myself since I was 10 or 16 or something? 
and maybe in your resume and your LinkedIn profile, you tell a little bit of the story of how you came to this, this place where you, where you realize that you're really good at this kind of work and you like it. You can get a lot across in few words when you're clear. The reason people take paragraphs and paragraphs to tell their story is because they're trying to like shovel more information onto the page, hoping it will make the case. When the case, as it were, when your direction is clear to you, crystal clear, what you want to do and why or how you do it that may not be the standard approach, then your branding shimmers. Your branding has a vibration to it. I mean, really, I'm telling you, I read thousands, tens of thousands of resumes and they were paper at the beginning and through most of my HR career. And I would pick up a piece of paper and sometimes the words would have a glow. They would have a voltage because the person knew what they wanted. And that's what I want for you. So then it's a little story. The summary at the top of your resume could say, I spent the first eight years of my career in sales and realized I love the analytical side. I've been doing sales analysis since then. One more sentence. At Wiggly Devices, I created their sales analysis framework that helped us grow from X to 6X, whatever. Human voice, the word I, complete sentences, and a story arc in the summary at the top of your resume immediately differentiates you from most other candidates who just are not going to put that much out there and maybe don't have as much clarity as you do. People say, I would like to be that definite. I would like to be that human and that forthright in my resume, but I'm afraid to just focus my entire job search on this one area uh, of jobs, family of jobs, because I need a job. Well, you can have, you know, as many resumes as you want. You just have to maintain them on your hard drive, but you can have one resume for each area of the, of the wide working world that you're interested in, but it has to be relatively narrow. Like sales analysis, right? Not sales everything, right? Like HRIS, not all HR, right? Unless it's a very small company and they need one person to do everything, HRIS and recruiting and employee relations and so on. You really try to put yourself in the real world and say, what kind of pain do I solve that I'm really good at solving and I love to solve? It's fun for me. Who's that manager, that hiring manager that's likely to have this kind of pain? What kind of job do they have? What's their job title? What size of organization is it? And this will help you zero in on the words to use in your branding. But I'll tell you this, if it's going to be really resonant, really human and strong branding, it's going to be complete sentences, no jargon. It's going to have a conversational tone. We teach a thing called a human voice resume. It sounds like you're talking and it really, really, really gets 
good responses from hiring managers. Not just that you get pulled out of the pile, but also that when they call you, they feel like they kind of know you a little bit as well. They should because you put it out there in the resume. And it's a choice. And the question always is because only the people who get you deserve you, right? Only the people who resonate with you deserve to have you on their team because you deserve to work for people who resonate with you and see your value and see your brilliance. So if that's the case, why would you not put it out there right away? 